So now let's go into session 18. And um, session 18 was received February 4, 1981. This is the re-listened version. This is the link right here. Uh, session 18 received February 4, 1981, 33 years ago. This is the re-listened version. Here we have uh, 27 exchanges between Don and Ra. Uh, initially, we have some discussion of the Ra contact, or actually Carla having taken LSD, which is interesting, uh, and some details about the three of them. Uh, and then uh, some very um, deep teaching uh, about positive path and the way of uh, service to other or polarization and development, uh, deep consideration of service to others and life in third density, a little about Mr. Alistair Crowley, who um, made some big mistakes, but there are no mistakes in the love one. Uh, uh, and then some discussion about Confederation and Yahweh on Earth and history. Uh, more and a lot about Yahweh, actually. And that's about it. So there's not, there's not that much uh, philosophical content here, but there are a couple of very important answers. 18.5 and 18.6 are very um, weighty. And the rest of the session is a little bit less so. So 18... Point zero, Ra says, I greet you in the love and the light of the infinite creator. We communicate now. And um, interesting question, 18.1. Don says, I was thinking last night that if I were in the place of Ra at this time, the first distortion of the law of one might cause me to mix some erroneous data with the true information that I was transmitting to this group. Do you do this? Well, I don't know why he would think that the law of free will would cause Ra to obviously um, consciously mix in false data. I don't know why anyone would do that. Um, positive speech, or, you know, the the first the first key to right speech, which means right communication, is that it be true and factual. Number one, false speech. Uh, is uh, an unwholesome action in Buddhism. And I've discussed that a lot in recent talks on karma. So I don't know why he thinks that Ra might do that, but something about you know offering opportunity maybe for confusion versus um, clarity. Ra said, we do not intentionally do this. However, there will be confusion. The errors which have occurred have occurred due to the occasional variation in the vibrational complex of this instrument, Carla, due to its ingestion of a chemical substance. It is not our intent in this particular project to create erroneous information, but to express in the confining ambience of your language system the feeling of the infinite mystery of the one creation in its infinite and intelligent unity. So, uh, Ra does not intentionally add false information. Uh, you know, Buddhism is very straight. There's a difference, you know, in modern forms of Buddhism, like uh, Tibetan or uh, Korean, Japanese, Chinese, there's some lineage tradition of something called, or, or a minor pattern called crazy wisdom. You know, the yogi or the master who does crazy things uh, as a teaching vehicle, teaching means to awaken certain people. Uh, Gautama Buddha did not do that. He was not a crazy wisdom fellow. If, uh, he, he, if, if he wasn't doing things, it's because he wasn't attached to them and wasn't interested. So he didn't womanize or smoke and drink and dance and sing and do funny, weird things outside the rules or outside uh, very pure discipline or morality uh, of non-attachment. Uh, didn't do those things to uh, wake up, you know, uh, stubborn sleepers. He, he was a very straightforward fellow. And Ra, too, didn't, wouldn't mix in lies and falsehood um, as, a, as some kind of balancing of opportunity. That's not a, a proper understanding of 
uh, the law of free will. Uh, they're saying that, I believe it, they mean by recent, recent, they say errors which have occurred, I think they mean recent errors, have occurred due to occasional variation in vibrational complex, meaning the energy fields of Carla, the instrument, due to its or her ingestion of, of chemical substance, which is LSD, which will be described more in 183. Uh, it's not their intention to create erroneous or false information. That's nice. <laughs> no true spiritual teacher I know would do that. Uh, but there are uh, certain kinds of um, expedient means, but um, it's, it's very carefully applied when there's any kind of strange thing like that from teacher to disciple, and it's not a group affair. It's very private. But, of course, uh, it's difficult, they know, they say, uh, to express themselves fully in the confining ambience, confining atmosphere of human language. What they're trying to do, though, is to express within the limitations of language the feeling of infinite mystery, the feeling of the infinite mystery of the one creation. Creation is one. This one creation um, is an infinite mystery. The infinite mystery feeling or reality of the one creation, um, that can be felt and known. And um, this infinite mystery of the infinite and intelligent one creation, unity, uh, the one creation, um, that that mystery really uh, means that most of, of reality cannot be spoken. 18.2. Don asks, can you tell me what the chemical substance is that was ingested that causes poor contact process restate? 18.3. Um, Ra explains, it's interesting actually and strange to me, Mr. Scott here, that this is called the re-listened version. Right? It's re-listened, huh? Meanwhile, this is actually a, possibly a big problem for us. Meanwhile, at the top of the page, you see um, one line called differences. Re-listened dash or slash edited, right? So re-listened slash edited is another category that we can pull forth on Law of One. Uh, I'll send you the link, and if you can play your browser there, you'll see uh, lawofone.info show diff PHP for session 18. 183 uh, includes the line that's not included in this so-called re-listened version page, which is the first response, main first response of 18.3 for RAW, which is the substance of which we speak is called vibratory sound complex LSD. But in this re-listened version, which I don't quite understand, is not fully uh, annotated with the re-listened <laughs> words. It just says, the substance of which we speak is called vibra, tape blank, period. And then it picks up where the other re-listened version differences show the same text. Why in the world may it be, and we, what have we missed so far, I wonder, <laughs> where in this re-listened version, um, uh, detail, words, sentences of uh, that are included in the differences, the page of differences between re-listened and original, show words that are not included on these pages that are so-called re-listened. This is a very big problem if we miss some good stuff. Anyway, I might look back in uh, sessions one through seventeen, <laughs> differences page, differences between the re-listened and the original, looking at what's in red that actually was not included in these pages of the so-called re-listened version. Anyway, 18.3, Ra answers, the substance of which we speak, which is the one that caused poor contact or these variations in vibrational complex of Carla, uh, the substance of which we speak is LSD. It does not give poor contact, interestingly, it does not give poor contact if it is used in conjunction with the contact, the difficulty of this particular substance is that there is, shall we say, a very dramatic drop-off of the effect of this substance. In each case, this instrument began the session with the distortion towards extreme vital energy which this substance produces. However, this entity was, during the session, at the point where the substance is no longer 
the substance LSD was no longer in sufficient strength to amplify the entity's abilities to express vital energy. Thus, first the phenomenon of, shall we say, a spotty contact, and then, as the instrument relies again upon its own vibrational complexes of vital energy, the vital energy being in this case very low, it became necessary to abruptly cut off communication in order to preserve and nurture the instrument. This particular chemical substance is both helpful and unhelpful in these contacts for the causes given. So, Ra is not <coughs> an anti-drug moralist, nor a promoter of drug culture. Ra is, however, uh, practical and simply evaluates this drug, LSD, in this case with Carla, I guess she took it once or twice or something, simply in result, in, in relation to the consequences or uh, effects of using that drug. It does not give poor contact if it's used in conjunction with the contact. It is both helpful and unhelpful. Uh, it's helpful, uh, or may be helpful, for the changes in mind and vital energy it produces, and it's unhelpful for also the changes in energy over time that it produces, because the difficulty, what's the problem? The problem is uh, there's this dramatic, very dramatic drop-off of the effect of LSD, uh, whereby she began the session with extreme vital energy, meaning, wow, very big vitality, uh, produced by the substance. It's not, you see, it's not exactly that it produces it, but it liberates that. The LSD, in this case, I don't know, every LSD, but whatever that was that she took, uh, produces, which is really um, amplifying the entity's abilities to express vital energy. So vital energy is vitality. It's one type of energy. It's um, not the same as mental energy. There's all these different sub, you know, categories of energy. In terms of vital energy, which is different than physical or mental energy, her vital energy, uh, which is normally very low, <laughs> uh, first were, was amplified greatly by the liberation of vital energy uh, by LSD, but then it had a rapid drop-off uh, of that amplification and her vital energy levels then, returning to her uh, own normal condition relies again upon its own vibrational complexes, meaning conditions of vital energy being in her case very low. Therefore, she was so, you know, wiped out, so low energy, they had to abruptly cut off communication to preserve and nurture her. So uh, that's the case with all these substances. Is They have some benefits and they have some drawbacks. And it very much depends on who's using what, when, and how. Who uses what, when, and how, and how much. So um, it's not about God said don't do it, <clears throat> and it's not about it's a sin because the government said don't do it, or it's a sin because God said don't do it, or it's evil because the government said it's illegal. That's, you know, shit. But what really is relevant is, what do, what are the consequences? <laughs> what are the consequences? Well, that's how we, you know, by their fruit shall you know them. What are the consequences? Well, depends on the person, depends on the drug, depends on the quantity, depends on the time, depends on the method, depends on the context, the uh, situation, and that's a mature understanding. You can hurt yourself, you know, or you can hurt yourself with a knife, or you can um, save yourself um, from bondage by cutting the rope with the knife. Depends on uh, who you are and how what you're doing. So that's the way it is with uh, LSD in this case, uh, according to Ra's perspective. Um, Interestingly, then, Don questions about, are there any foods that are helpful or harmful that the instrument might eat? And that's something we can consider, too. What might Ra consider helpful and harmful foods? But again, <laughs> it's very individual. 18.4, Ra says, this instrument, Carla, has body complex distortion toward ill health. In the distortion direction, in the distortion direction, corrected best by ingestion of the foodstuffs, 
of your grains and your vegetables, as you call them. However, this is extremely unimportant when regarded as an aid with equality to other aids, such as attitude, which this instrument has in abundance. She has good attitude. It, however, aids the vital energies of this instrument with less distortion towards ill health to ingest foodstuffs in the above manner with occasional ingestion of what you call your meats due to the instrument's need to lessen the distortion towards low vital energy. While this sounds like a normal healthy diet for everybody, grains, vegetables, and meat sometimes, that's nothing very uh, specific, uh, but uh, perhaps the universality, apparently, of this balanced diet, which is pretty normal and standard, which is grains, vegetables, and meats sometimes, the universality of that, which is like everybody around the whole world knows that, right? rice or bread and vegetable of some type and meat or fish or something like that or protein of some type that's it right the three main food groups why is it even universal probably because it basically supports vital energy <laughs> it supports ba basic vital health for everybody physical health for everyone uh, but in Carla's case she has naturally or had at that time um, naturally low vital energy her distortion towards low vital energy means her tendency towards that. Uh, and ill health, in many cases, Ra mentions it, and Chinese doctors know it, that in many cases ill health is the result of low energy. Low energy means low vital energy. Low vital energy means weak kidneys, weak digestion, um, weak vital force, uh, blockages in second chakras that... Um, that lead to reduction in red ray force coming up and up, coming through and up, and um, some kind of self-repression. That's very common. Some kind of self-blockage in mind, blocking tendencies in mind uh, related to second, third chakra blockage, that leads to um, reduction in access to vital energy. Common. Uh, and so, but Ra is saying, you know, <clears throat> yeah, sure. Ingestions of foodstuffs like grains, vegetables, and meat occasionally can help restore or keep up her vital energy levels, but that is extremely unimportant when regarded uh, as an aid with equality, meaning compared to other aids such as attitude. Attitude is more important than diet. Diet is important, but there are lots of people who have a really good diet and they're sickly all the time. Not a lot, but there are some. There are good people or there are good people who are wanderers even, who eat a very good diet, but they have self-punishing, self-blaming patterns in mind. Or they're stuck in anger, or they're stuck in sorrow, grief, hopelessness, and they have a pretty good diet, and they're still sick, or they're not well. Why? Because diet is less important than attitude. Because the primary source for vital energy is actually mind, not food stuff. 18.5, um, here we see some interesting things. Don says, I have a question here from Jim, that I will, Jim McCarty, that I'll read verbatim, quote, much of the mystic tradition of seeking on earth holds that, holds that belief that the individual self must be erased or obliterated and the material world ignored for an ent entity to reach, quote, nirvana, as it's called, or enlightenment. What is the proper role of the individual self and its worldly activities in aiding an entity to grow more into the law of one? Now, uh, this quote shows that Jim McCarty had some limited understanding of uh, Buddhist Hindu philosophy. Uh, <clears throat> now, what people may interpret, Western folks and even Eastern, may interpret as Buddhism and Hinduism is not necessarily original teaching of Buddhism and Hinduism. To say that mystic tradition, let's just say he's talking Buddhism, you know, he's using the word nirvana, okay? That's used by Buddhism. That's not used really in Hinduism. They talk about Satchitananda or um, um, Avatara they, or uh, all sorts of other phrases, Hindu, Sanskrit. But nirvana is a Buddhist term. However, it is absolutely not true whatsoever that Buddhism encourages or holds the belief that 
the individual self must be erased or obliterated, number one. Number two, it is absolutely not a facet of Buddhism whatsoever also that the material world should be ignored for an entity to reach nirvana. <clears throat> so these are misunderstandings of Buddhism and nirvana. However, uh, because in Buddhism <laughs> there's a view of anatta, there is no substantial individual ego or self. There's nothing to be erased or obliterated. There's no substantial self that needs to be uh, taken out of the picture. <laughs> what you need is clarity to realize that, that identity is universal. Your being is totality. All is one. All is one. That one is you. That's identity. Not ego or body or mind or personality or karma. So there is no individual self to be erased or obliterated. That is not a Buddhist teaching. Meanwhile, there is also not a Buddhist teaching that you should ignore the material world. However, if you want to achieve freedom from ignorance and attachment, uh, it's not a good idea to keep staying attached to this and that. <laughs> you know, you can be a layman or a monk. You can be a layman with family and you can be a monk uh, eating once a day, sleeping under different trees each night uh, and achieve uh, complete and perfect enlightenment in either condition. Uh, it's not that the material world has to be ignored. In fact, uh, the four Brahma-Baharas, compassion, love, kindness, <clears throat> um, wishing all that are well, wishing all people to be well, is not very much ignoring the material world. It's actually engaging um, spiritually by heart more deeply. But yeah, sure, <laughs> uh, maintaining and growing attachments to materiality or social life, or body life, or emotionality. Uh, if you keep that, you will not <laughs> pro progress towards uh, complete and perfect enlightenment. That's true. But that's not ignoring the material world. So, Westerners have many misconceptions of Buddhism. I do not have total understanding of Buddhism. So, I have misconceptions too. That's just a side note for those who love to criticize. But, uh, <clears throat> people should be careful what they think um, a teaching is. Many, many people think they know and they don't know and then they proceed on not knowing <laughs> that uh, some some original teaching that they think they understand. And so people say, yeah, Buddhism so <clears throat> so nihilistic. How terrible. It tells us that we should erase the individual self and obliterate ego. Oh my God. How nihilistic. How terrible. How life-denying. <laughs> Buddhism, those crazy barbarians. But actually, that's not Buddhism. <laughs> that's a distorted Western interpretation. So let's see what Ra has to say. 18.5, this is one of the big, heavy responses of the session. Ra says, The proper role of the entity is, in this density, to experience all things desired. To then analyze, understand, and accept these experiences distilling from them the love light within them. Nothing shall be overcome. That which is not needed falls away. The orientation, these are, I'll, I'll read the whole answer and then break it down. <clears throat> the orientation develops due to analysis of desire. These desires become more and more distorted towards conscious application of love light as the entity furnishes itself with distilled experience. We have found it to be inappropriate in the extreme to encourage the overcoming of any desires except to suggest the imagination rather than the carrying out in the physical plane of those desires not consonant with the law of one. This, thus, this preserving, or this does preserve, the primal distortion of free will. The reason it's unwise to overcome is that overcoming is an unbalanced action creating difficulties in balancing in the time-space continuum Overcoming thus creates the further environment for holding on to that which apparently has been overcome. All things are acceptable in the proper time for each entity. And in the experiencing, in understanding, in accepting, and in then sharing with other selves, the appropriate description shall be moving away from distortions of one kind to distortions of another, which may be more consonant with the law of one. It is, shall we say, a shortcut to simply ignore or overcome any desire. It must instead be understood and accepted. This takes patience and experience, which can be analyzed with care, 
with compassion for self and for other self. So, <clears throat> number one, Ra is not a Buddha. Ra is in late sixth density. Uh, in my understanding, uh, Gautama uh, is uh, of higher evolvement than Ra. There's no question to me for about that. And Ra would say that, you know, um, they've said they experience unified self, but they really haven't become all it is. <clears throat> Meaning, there is still some clinging to the concept of an identity of an, a unified self. That in Buddhism is called the infinity of space and the infinity of consciousness. These are two higher formless realms or states of, of being. And uh, not yet free from all becoming and destruction of all wrong view. Not yet finished with all restlessness or self-conceit or notion, notion of self-identity. Then those for them to achieve higher self, which is pretty wonderful anyway, their view, which I agree with, is that the proper role for us in third density is to experience all things desired. I mean, go for it. Do whatever you want. However, <laughs> there are consequences. And if you want to develop on the positive path, there are certainly things you should not be doing physically. Uh, in this proper role or way in 3D, which is to experience all things you desire, everything you desire, you should know your desires, of course. Then, to analyze, understand, and accept the experiences of those desires. Uh, and distill from them the love light within them means learn wisdom, greater love, wisdom, gleaned and developed by the processing of your experience, of your desires from your experiences. Be natural with your desires, know them well. As much as possible, live your desires without hurting anyone, without hurting yourself, without, without falling into harmful action or unwholesome action or unskillful action or infringement of free will, obviously. However, with that proviso, don't, uh, you know, don't repress, but don't hurt anyone. So you have to be a little careful. But nothing shall be overcome because that which is not needed falls away, and that's absolutely so. Um, I have consciously entertained various distortions and desires over many years. I humbly submit to you. Uh, but I have found over the years, if I continue to stay heart-centered or balanced or wise, considering more and more, or more or less, the desires change. <laughs> And, and what was attractive 10 years ago is not today. And it's not because I overcame them. It's because I got tired of them. Because uh, the, the charm, you know, the thrill is gone. <laughs> you know, it don't do what it used to do. Because uh, I'm bigger. I don't need it. It's less, uh, the, what I can distill from it has been distilled. And, and it's like, uh, you know, extracting the juice from a, from a fruit. Squeezing the juice, meaning the available love light. What the 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 uh, capacity or the quantity even <clears throat> the quantity and quality of development of love and development of wisdom that you may extract or glean or develop within by use careful use of that experience, which is according in accordance with your desire for that experience. That's the way that things fall away. You get what you could from it, and it just no longer holds any charm because you did it. And not because you just did it, but because you used it up well. You know? I'm not talking about using people. We're talking about using the experiences that are we desire, um, and then we change. You know? I want to travel. Okay. <clears throat> so I travel, 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 and I have a wonderful time. At the end of the travel, uh, I don't have the same desire to travel <laughs> because I got what I wanted. I got what I needed from it. So orientation then develops due to analysis of desire. So number one, we don't need to overcome, um, but rather to experience all things desired without infringing. When we do that and then analyze, understand, and distill love light from it, naturally over time what we don't need does fall away. And by then that process, orientation will develop, meaning positive or negative, meaning you look in and you say, oh, well, I desired uh, to help that person and I felt good. 
or I allowed myself to rage at that person and I actually didn't feel good. Hmm, maybe it's better to help people than rage at them. That's the developing orientation. Then these desires over time, yes indeed, become more and more distorted towards conscious application of love light, meaning they become more uh, in the way of consciously applying love light, which means you choose well, you choose carefully, more carefully, what, what experiences you'll have based on your desires, or your desires will be refined and uplifted to more uh, harmonious desires, more in line with your path. So entities progress on the positive path and the negative path in 3D, and those at upper levels of 3D positive and upper levels of 3D negative consciousness, closer to harvestability, are more clear about what they want and what's better and worse. And therefore, you know, disciplines like um, right speech come naturally. I don't want to engage in wrong speech, which may be, you know, lying, cheat, lying, manipulate, lying, false speech, harsh speech, malicious speech, gossip, that which is not beneficial, that which is not factual, that which is not spoken affectionately or kindly, all these are forms of wrong speech. I don't want it because it's no good for me. Uh, that understanding is a little more mature than I shouldn't do it because Buddha told me not to do it. Ra said, <clears throat> and this is the result of distilled experience, Ra said we found it inappropriate in the extreme to encourage overcoming of any desires. Right. And Buddhism may encourage overcoming desires if the teacher doesn't know any better, <laughs> if the student misinterprets, if the student takes the teaching and uh, puts it into their own fixed interpretation, which may be wrong, or if the teacher, you know, is still self-controlling or doesn't understand this. Many Buddhist teachers don't, absolutely. Some people are very self-repressive or self-denying, and they bring that into their Buddhism. Of course. That doesn't mean it's Buddhism, however. <laughs> and, you know, you got to look at all the details. So, but Ra does say, uh, <clears throat> it's inappropriate in the extreme, in extremely inappropriate, to encourage or to do overcoming of desires. But, but, they suggest using your imagination rather than carrying out the physical plane, desires that infringe on the law of one, which really means that infringe on other people, not consonant with the law of one, which really means uh, hurting others or infringing or control manipulation. Any desire you have like that, deal with it in your mind. The reason Ross says it's unwise to overcome, deny, avoid, repress, control, subjugate, and throttle your desires is because overcoming itself is an unbalanced action. I see lots of repressed spiritual people. And um, some people... A friend, a husband of a friend, is really insanely um, self-controlling, and um, you know he's he's a real abuser verbally to her. So hurt people, hurt people. Unwise to overcome. Why? Because overcoming or overcoming really doesn't mean overcoming. Overcoming really means subjugation, control, denial, avoidance, repression, suppression. Okay, you don't overcome it. You just throttle it. You just choke it. That doesn't actually overcome. That actually just distorts it with anger and avoidance and um, lack of love. And that <clears throat> that so-called overcoming, which is really suppression, is an unbalanced action which creates difficulties in balancing in the future, in the time-space continuum, and it creates a further environment, which we're talking about karma in future lives, for holding on to that which you think you're overcoming. So people get stuck, partly, uh, because they've been denying, avoiding, repressing, suppressing desires. All things are acceptable in the proper time for each entity, of course. And <clears throat> the path is experiencing, understanding, accepting, and sharing with others um, your learning. Uh, and the way is then moving from one distortions of one kind to... More, more refined distortions of another, <laughs> more consonant with the law of one in your path. Uh, it's a shortcut, but it's actually a long cut. It's actually a detour to try to simply ignore or overcome, meaning suppress, repress, throttle, 
your desires. It must instead be understood and accepted. That's called love. That's called patience. Patience and experience to be analyzed with care, compassion for yourself and others. So you've got to suffer on the cross of your desires with love and care for yourself. And be really, really honest. And, um, you know, you think you're a good, good boy, good girl, Buddhist student, spiritual student, because you push down your desires, that will create more trouble for you in the future. And if you can't be a monk, don't be a monk. <laughs> if you still have desires, be honest about it. You know? Yeah, it's distortion, and yeah, you will suffer. And if you analyze with care, experience, understand, accept, uh, make peace with that, over time, um, more and more of it will fall away. And just by the, the application of love, understanding, acceptance, care, wisdom, discernment, clarity, <clears throat> comprehension to those desires that you're living and following somewhat <laughs> and experiencing, by that application of love-wisdom to the lower chakra blockages <clears throat> that, that are associated with those distortions, by that application of fourth-fifth ray, uh, the lower chakra blockage is partially released, and then the desires change, of course, because you're not as stuck as you were before. Partly, or mainly, by the way you um, love-wisdom process the experience of your desires. Love, wisdom, process, the experience of your true desires, whatever they are, including even distorted, crazy desires, which you can do in your head, in your mind, really, and not in your body, because you don't want to hurt anybody. And then 18.6, <clears throat> and maybe this will be our last for today. Uh, this is also a very major answer. Don's comment is, basically, I would say that to infringe on the free will of another self or another entity, would be the basic thing never to do under the law of one. Can you state other, other, something, breaking of the law of one than the basic rule? Meaning, how not to break the law of one. The law of one is not a, not, not a uh, legalistic provision, you know. <clears throat> law of one really is the unity of all. All is one. That, that all manifestation of what appears to be separate um, is the expression of a great uh, of a great infinite infinity <laughs> a unified infinity is the nature of what appears to be separate and distinct and multiple the the multiplicity uh, the the uh, apparent multiplicity of phenomenon is the expression of an infinite unity and a unified infinity that's the law of one in my view <laughs> so <clears throat> to say break the law of one is a little bit, um, I think, simplistic. But sure, there is infringement on others. <laughs> There's infringement on others' free will. So Ra, Don is wondering, you know, what <clears throat> what's the basic rule, and how should we live? Uh, Ra said, eighteen six, and another solid answer. I'll read it all. As one proceeds from the primal distortion of free will one proceeds to an understanding of the focal points of intelligent energy which have created the intelligences or the ways of a particular mind-body-spirit complex in its environment, both what you would call natural and what you would call man-made. Thus, the distortions to be avoided are those which do not take into consideration the distortions of the focus of energy which love light, or shall we say the logos, of this particular sphere of density. This is so complicated, huh? These include the lack of understanding of the needs of the natural environment, the needs of other cells, mind-body-spirit complexes. These are many due to the various distortions of man-made complexes in which the intelligence and awareness of entities themselves have chosen a way of using the energies available. I think everybody must be confused hearing that paragraph, <clears throat> and I am too, So, but I can look into it. So let me explain this as best I can. Um, Don is wondering, um, is uh, not infringing on the free will of others the basic thing never to do? Should I never break the law of one by infringing on the free will of others? And Ra is saying, well, when we're thinking about free will and what to do and not to do, we start with um, the law of free will. 
which is the first distortion of the law of one, which is the law of confusion, which um, on the positive path we don't want to infringe. We don't want to hurt others. That's called infringing on free will. So when we start from the <clears throat> reality of universal free will, we then <clears throat> understand that, that everybody has seven chakras, <laughs> the focal points of intelligent energy, which um, are, you know, the, the uh, seven chakra uh, <clears throat> uh, layout or the seven chakra system of any being. These are the ways or intelligences of a particular mind-body-spirit complex, a particular person in its life. They have their own seven chakra makeup and personality. They have their own, um, they're living in the environment too. <clears throat> and the environment is a natural environment and man-made culture, so nature and culture. Thus, what distortions to be avoided, meaning what you ought to avoid, if we're talking about what to do, uh, are those uh, are, are when you don't consider um, the distortions of the focus or the energy of love light uh, <clears throat> don't what what you should not uh, what you should avoid um, is a, a lack of consideration uh, of the seven chakras <laughs> the logos the the directions of the focus of energy of love light the distortions of the focus of energy. What are the focus of energy or the seven chakras? The quality, the essential qualities of each person, mind, body, spirit, complex, seven chakras. Uh, this is um, the energetics of uh, the metaphysical nature of others. It, it really means, um, given the metaphysical reality of, of beings, um, take in consideration their complexity and the fact that they are an expression of the Logos. And so everyone is God. And everything, all beings are the Creator. And don't neglect that <laughs> truth. And um, then to what to avoid in practice is lack of understanding of the needs of the natural environment, meaning don't, don't damage your environment, and the needs of other people. And there are many <laughs> needs, uh, particularly because of um, distortions of man-made complexes uh, in which intelligence and awareness, you know, the nature. So as culture distorts nature, culture of man-made complexes, distorting the nature of basic intelligence and awareness of entities themselves, um, we find a very complicated landscape in which we try not to infringe on anyone's free will both in nature and culture. Thus, however, Ross said in a very subtle understanding, what would be an improper distortion with one entity is proper with another. So one person smokes and drinks and <laughs> they live in love light. Another person avoids smoking and drinking and they live in love light. If the one who you see, and that's the no, yeah, that's how you know who's clear. The people who really live in love light are not blaming of those who have habits opposite theirs that don't hurt anyone. There are habits that hurt others, and there are habits that don't hurt others. Uh, the person, like the, the angry vegetarian, the angry uh, teetotaler, <clears throat> uh, these people don't really live in love light because they're in anger. And they think because they're doing what they think is good, they are superior to those who are doing what they think is bad. But Ra says, and it's very true, what's improper for one is proper with another, or uh, ways of living that may uh, yet be in love light or supportive of the person's loving heart and clear mind, what may be supportive for one would not be supportive for another. And so <clears throat> if you think, oh, he's bad because he does this or that, um, you may not know his mind. Know the mind. Know your mind. Know the essential conditions of mind that are our goal. Love, wisdom, <laughs> Un awareness of unity, direction of the will. If you know fourth chakra, fifth chakra, sixth chakra really well, you'll know what's essential. And realize that what you may think is impro improper or wrong 
um, for another person may not be uh, hurtful to them. Maybe. <laughs> they may be fooling themselves, but you got to look in. So, Ra says, <clears throat> we can suggest an attempt to become aware of the other self as self. Become aware of the other self as self. And thus, do that action which is needed by the other self. Understanding from the other self's intelligence and awareness. That's pretty challenging, huh? In many cases, this not does not involve breaking the distortion of free will into a distortion of, or fragmentation called infringement. However, it is a delicate matter to be of service. And compassion, sensitivity, and an ability to empathize are helpful in avoiding the distortions of man-made intelligence and awareness. This is why Ross said that taking LSD for Carla at that time uh, couldn't be said to be evil or wrong. It does not give poor contact if it's used in conjunction with this contact, said Ra. But it has certain properties which are unhelpful too. So by its helpful properties, it doesn't give poor contact if you used in conjunction with the contact, LSD. But Ra's not saying you should use it. And I'm not saying you should take drugs and do this or that. But if you really want to understand what's good or bad, you have to see how it's used by the person and what's the consequence or what the effects are. The effects of the substance or the behavior, the distortion, uh, and the nature of their mind. <laughs> Is this a balanced, loving, goodly person? Clear and um, capable of, of intelligent comprehension in sharing and benefit to all? Or not? You know? If you know yourself well, you'll know others well, but judgment based on uh, shallow understanding of habit and behavior, uh, you know, it's the way of the fool, actually. So look into the mind, and then you'll see the essential. Uh, so again, become aware of the other self as self, like you. We are all um, living our lives, and do the action needed by the other self Understanding from the other self, the other person's intelligence and awareness, the best way to be of service is to be up, be the one you're serving. <laughs> Resonate with the one you wish to serve uh, as um, foundation for, you know, uh, true service. But it is um, a delicate matter to be of service, and we need compassion and sensitivity and the ability to empathize, of course, in avoiding distortions of man-made intelligence. Not, uh, you know, being stuck in the human, in the, the judgmental value uh, scales of culture. So this is a very subtle matter. The area or arena called the societal complex is an arena in which there are no particular needs for care. <laughs> for it's the prerogative, honor, duty of those in the particular, in this actual particular planetary sphere, to act according to its free will, their own free will, for the attempted aid of the social complex. So, um, what, to what to avoid so as not to infringe on others uh, is basically to infringe, um, you know, to avoid infringing on their freedom to be themselves. We're not talking about protecting, you know, you know talking about, we're not talking about avoiding, not stopping a criminal. We're talking about... Um, not infringing on people's finding their own way and doing life their own way. But in terms of what you should do uh, for the societal complex as a whole, there isn't, or there aren't particular needs for care. Do what you wish to be to do, you know, engage in, with society as you wish. Finally, the last paragraph here, and this will be the last for the session. Thus, you have two simple directives. The first is, Awareness of the intelligent energy expressed in nature. Uh, awareness of the intelligent energy expressed in self to be shared when it seems appropriate by the entity with the social complex. And you have, okay, yay. And you have um, one infinitely subtle and various set of distortions of which you may be aware. That is, distortions, the first was, Awareness of the intelligently intelligent energy expressed in nature. So, um, nature of the physical world, you know, mineral, plants, animals, the sun, the planet, the seasons, 
night and day and all that of the natural creation and also uh, awareness of the intelligent energy or the logoic expression that's expressed in personal selves um, by ourselves, expressed by ourselves, uh, expressing you know our minds or ourselves with the social complex. So expressing ourselves to nature or appreciating uh, awareness, appreciation of, of of the law, you know, natural creation and the man-made creation and humanity as a whole, or is it and individually? So this is one infinitely subtle and various set of distortions to be aware. That is. Distortions with with respect to self and other selves, not concerning free will, but concerning harmonious relationships and service to others as other selves would most benefit. So, there's awareness of the natural creation, there's awareness of the human culture creation, and there's awareness of the humans uh, individually and in group formation. That's a lot. Awareness of the natural creation earth and the sun and the stars and the moon and the whole uh, the birds and the bees and the minerals and the trees and then awareness of uh, human culture which is complicated and distorted and then awareness of the individuals within it in their group formation and alone individually uh, that's a lot to be aware of <laughs> and it's basically um, awareness of our distortions <laughs> and the distortions of others and the distortions of culture uh, not necessarily Ross says concerning free will meaning um, acknowledging they have free will we have free will but the key is harmonious relationships and service to others as others would most benefit helping others as they need it not just as you think it helping them in accord with knowing their need knowing who they are, where they are, what they are, their condition, knowing the mind of others well. If you want to help others, you better know the mind of others well. And if you don't know the mind of others well, it's because you don't know your own mind. And if you don't know your own mind, that's the place to start. So, you want to help others? Know your mind well. If you don't know your mind well, then you really shouldn't be, uh, you know, doing a big thing of helping others. you got to work at home first. So, oh, ancient Chinese... Uh, Maybe, maybe Yi Jing, Confucian said, uh, the superior man makes sure he has it in him first before he offers it to others. So make sure you have it in you first uh, before you go on the campaign to help the world and others, individuals. So that'll be all for today. You gotta read, we have to read very closely to really get the teaching. What Ra is saying is, Number one, the proper role of the entity, the proper role and work of us in this density is to experience all things desired. First. Second, then, to analyze, understand, and accept the experiences, you know, to know what the hell we've done, and then distill love light within them. The love light within them means um, uh, developing uh, whatever maximal um, love, understanding, acceptance, and wisdom, comprehension of um, its value to you um, by the experiencing of the uh, desire, by the allowing, the following through of that desire somehow. And there are two ways of following or carrying through that desire. One is physical and the other one is not physical. Uh, Ra said that uh, in the case, it's not not a good idea to overcome or or repress or suppress any desire whatsoever. All desires you should know, and all desires that don't infringe on others, you're free to live in the physical world. However, those desires, and this is so so broad-minded. In fact, there is there is a Tibetan tantric tradition of this too, uh, but they distort it and get confused. Uh, in the case of desires that really you know are infringing, I desire, uh, you know, rape and pillage. I desire to steal that guy's BMW. I desire to, you know, uh, smash in the windows of the corporation. Uh, whatever, <laughs> whatever uh, unwholesome action you may desire, know that it's unwholesome. 
It's create negative karma, suffering for you and other, infringement of their free will, and it'll hurt you if you carry them out physically. However, do it in your mind. We have rage, don't we? <laughs> don't we have strong hatred? Hmm? Don't we feel that sometimes? I think we do. Then what do you want to do? I want to kick his ass. I want to smash his head. I want to gouge his eyes. I want to blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, sure, it may be, you know. Don't be scared of your own desire. But you should be clear about what not to carry into the physical world. So they say, suggest the imagination rather than the carrying out in the physical plane of those desires not consonant with the loved one, meaning uh, those desires that are infringing uh, of others uh, and those desires that might hurt the free will of others um, in any way. But not to run away from those desires, but to explore them fully and raw later not here, but in a later session, explained a little bit, a bit about how to do that. And that's a particular practice. And in, in uh, Tibetan Buddhism, there is some understanding. Uh, Mahayana, Tibetan Buddhism, both have some understanding of this. Uh, but it's a little, you know, you have to be careful. Because you don't want to carry it out into the physical plane. But you're really admitting what's happening in your mind. That's all. Yeah, I have those uh, bad desires. It happens, you know, and uh, let he who is without sin throw the first stone. Uh, most everybody has uh, evil desires somewhat, or selfish desire. Maybe just selfish, but that's infringing. So do it in your mind. And again, distill the love light from it. You have to have the wisdom to physically restrain yourself, to not hurt anyone in any way, if possible. I want to scream at him or her, but or I want to get revenge, but I know if I do, uh, wrong speech, I hurt him, I hurt her, I hurt me. So I will restrain myself, but I will maybe play it out in my mind. But again, you have to have um, uh, adequate self-restraint. Don't, you know, uh, keep your mouth closed and keep your hands down. <laughs> Put your hands down, close your mouth, but uh, be honest about where where you're coming from and the nature of that distorted desire. And rather than self-judgment, self-blame, accept it, understand it, uh, play it out in your mind if you want. Uh, rather than self-repression or so-called overcoming, and certainly rather than playing, carrying out the physical plane, which will hurt him, her, and you. So. This is a very deep teaching of self-acceptance, or acceptance of the mind as it is. And very few people can do it because they're scared of lots of stuff in their mind. It's very important, actually, because uh, great beings are very uninhibited. But that doesn't mean that they do anything uh, that hurts others. <laughs> they're very uninhibited. They're not judgmental, actually. The higher they get, the, the less judgmental they are. Uh, however, they eventually have no desire whatsoever for anything that infringes on anyone's free will. <laughs> so they're very free, and eventually they have no wish whatsoever to do anything whatsoever that may hurt anyone whatsoever. This is very true. Meanwhile, they're absolutely un, unhinged. There is no hinge, there is no stopper, they are very free, but they are very scrupulous in, in non-harming, scrupulous in ahimsa and shila. There's no crazy wisdom, actually. <laughs> you know, Gautama, Nityananda, they don't do crazy, well, they did some, Nityananda did some strange things, but, but um, the shock was actually to help people break out, and, and you see, if the teacher does crazy, if you think your teacher is doing crazy wisdom, or they claim to be, and the the, the gullible devotees say, oh, he's just crazy wisdom, you know, that's why he, uh, you know, broke the bottle over or on the street or something, or did some violent action or something that seems licentious. Um, <clears throat> if they really have crazy, some Buddhists do understand this, if they really, if that so-called if that expression really comes from so-called enlightenment crazy wisdom, everyone will be well in the end. 
the result is that everyone will smile and everyone will say, yeah, I feel better now. Not some people walk away hurt and confused. Not. In all the cases where Nityananda, if you read his life, did strange things, um, the result of every one of them, for all those who were true seekers, was, wow, um, I feel, uh, now I know, now I learn something, uh, I feel benefited. And um, there's no, there are no hurt feelings. There's um, kind of a complete generalized among the group, they experience that um, sense of being benefited and helped. And um, the shock is replaced by gratitude, very consciously and simply. So, <laughs> so anyway, that's an interesting discussion. Okay. Um, well, I'm not sure what would be desires of a third density nature, but you can say, you know, I desire to be, uh, you know, a systems administrator of a computer network. <laughs> I desire to, you know, have a big house with a swimming pool. Uh, that kind of material 3D environment focused desire surely would not prevent harvestability to 4D positive because we're talking 51%, right? 51% is not 100%. What about the other 49%? Well, the other 49% of possible non-positivity um, wouldn't be very strong negative, but would be selfish or non-accepting, non-understanding, or uh, non-bringing a benefit at all. Uh, that includes self-oriented desires associated with 3D, physical, social, and interpersonal. So, yes, of course. <clears throat> it's a question of sufficiently love-based, not totally love-based. That's why it's 51, not 100. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, again, 51% is not 100. So, what's sufficient for graduation to 4D positive indicates that there still will be chakra blockage, selfishness, lack of love, lack of wisdom carried over into 4D. Into, in 4D positive, all things are revealed. There's no hiding. There's no desire whatsoever to harm self or other. Uh, but the person would still be aware of their carryover distortions from third density. And seeing them in the light of love, in the light of the dimension of love and understanding, with, with absolute honesty, uh, they wouldn't want to hurt others or they would refine those desires into the essence of what they want. So you see, you think, I want a big house and a swimming pool. Why? Because I feel good. Why? Because I don't have it. Why do you feel good? Because um, I feel a kind of emotional security. I feel a kind of stability. I feel a kind of safety. I feel a kind of self-accomplishment. I feel good about myself, uh, secure and safe and stable in my life. I feel abundance and ease and comfort. I feel settlement and achievement. Well, can't you do that in your mind without it? Of course you can. And that's the point. And so in 4D positive and in uh, meditation uh, with a greater awareness, one can see that the goal of desires is not uh, material or interpersonal accomplishment, uh, material acquisition or interpersonal relationship. <clears throat> Those are the desires. I want a boyfriend, a girlfriend, I want a husband, I want children, I want this, that. I want a house, I want a car, I want a big job, I want this and that. The goal, uh, the, the, what's truly desired is the conditions of mind that are expected upon the achievement or accomplishment of those desires. The gratification of those desires, it is expected, or we imagine, would lead us to certain states of mind. Those states of mind can be accomplished without the physical accomplishing of those desires. One can be fulfilled in the essence and the uh, goal of all desires by a purely subjective internal self-awareness um, distillation process. 
what you really want is the results of the having, the gaining of the object of desire, whether it's a material object, an emotional object, a relationship, a social position, uh, you know, pleasure, <laughs> material gain, praise, fame. These are half of the worldly wins. These are the preferred worldly wins. Pleasure, gain, material gain, praise, and honor. These things that we want, we want because of the expected or imagined changes of mind and um, sense of self associated with their achievement, accomplishment, and uh, gaining the objects of desire. That, uh, that change of mind can surely be achieved or developed totally alone, subjectively, without any physical action whatsoever. Potentially. Not, not easy, but it's possible. Some more easily than others. I want a girlfriend. Why? Makes me happy. Why? Because then I don't feel alone. Well, do you have to feel alone now? No. Why do you feel alone? Because I don't like myself. Because <laughs> I judge myself. Because, uh, you know, everybody else has a girlfriend. Or something, something. Uh, the changes of mind that are the result of accomplishment of certain desires. We have certain desires for physical, material, social, interpersonal, emotional gain. The result of those gains and accomplishments and achievements, fulfilling the object, grasping, acquiring the objects of desire, the results of that grasping acquisition are actually changes of mind. Those changes of mind can be done alone, subjectively, internally, without any physical action. Uh, ideally, theoretically, possibly, some are more easy than others. This, and this, this goes across the whole board. And so, meaning the whole range of desires can be fulfilled at their essential at, their, at the essential gain level, which is an essentially a change in awareness or consciousness or mind, um, without physical action whatsoever. Um, well, the, the working out, the, the, the achieving of social memory complex uh, includes and involves partially the uh, clear determination of each individual as to their best way forward. Some become artists, and some become teachers, and some become, you know, farmers and musicians, and some do a lot of meditation, and some do a lot of study, and others, uh, you know, do a lot of contemplation or walking in nature. So their knowing of their desires and the basis for which they have those desires, what they really, really need, uh, is a process that is a, a portion of forming the social memory complex, and its uh, expression as well, as it, as it forms. So that'll be all for today. And uh, with my talking and the last, uh, we only did six questions here in <laughs> session 18, but hopefully we can finish or we'll do our best and see what happens with the uh, continuation of session 18 next time. Uh, discussion of third density and Crowley and the positive path and uh, history in Yahweh. Okay, so thanks for being here today. Um, much appreciated, and see you next time. Okay, good night.